In our reading today, um, Jesus is speaking to the high priests and the elders of the people. And here Jesus asks the question, what do you think? And so this morning I will ask you the same question, what do you think? Here we have two, two sons given a command by their father. Go work in the vineyard. The first son said, no, I will not. And the second son said, yes, I will go. Now, if the story stopped there and I asked you, what do you think? Which of the two was the father pleased with? And surely it would be the second son, the son that said yes to his father. His father tells him to do something and he's quick to say, yes, I will go. But as you can see, the parable doesn't finish there. The first son was told to go and work today in the vineyard. He said, no, I will not. But then he changes his mind and does what his father told him to do. Whereas the second son, who was told to do the same, said, yes, I will go. In other words, he's saying, look, Father, be pleased with me. I'm saying yes. But we read that he does not go. Now, which of the two obey the Father? Which of the two will the Father be pleased with? Now that we have the whole parable, the whole story, we can say that the first son obeyed the Father. The Father would be pleased with the first son, but disappointed with the second son, even though he said yes. Now, the first son, to begin with, he did say no, but he changes his mind while he still could and obeyed. Now, the question is, what do you think? Which of the two sons best describes you? Which of the two sons best describes you? The hard truth is that most of us, if not all of us, are like the second son. The second son said yes, but did his words count for anything? His words were sweet to, the hear, to, to hear, a delight to the ears. And isn't it wonderful that he said yes? But what sounded like truth and what was the right thing to say, in fact, was just lies. Hypocrisy, disobedience, and, well, a direct rebellion towards his father. It, it would have been better for him if he had said no. He would have still been disobedient and rebellious, but at least he would have spoken the truth. Um, I was looking at the census, which was done in the UK in 2011, and I just looked at the census for Townhill. And on the 2011 census for Townhill, it says that about 42% of people who live in Townhill say they are Christians. That's around 3,670 people in Townhill say they're Christians. Now I ask, where are all these 3,670? and 70 
so-called Christians in Town Hill this morning? I don't know. We can easily now point our fingers at them and say they are like the second son. But we are here this morning and this message is for us. It's for you. Just because you made the effort to be here this morning does not make you any better or holier than the 3,670 so-called Christians out there who may still be in bed. So this message is for us. We may be saying yes in coming to church, but the truth is that these seats may be filled with liars, hypocrites, disobedient people who are in direct rebellion against the almighty God. I am saying that just coming to church or reading our Bibles and praying does not mean that we are doing what God wants us to do. There is so much more. Listen to these words. Okay? I will worship with all of my heart. I will seek you all of my days. I will serve you, give you everything. Do you recognize those words? We all sang those words this morning. Did you know what you were singing? Do you understand what you were saying? The words of that song, well, they are statements of declaration to God. Not to each other, but to God. So we openly, when we sing these songs, we're openly declaring those words. Now, if we don't live out what we have declared to God, even in song, doesn't that make us liars and hypocrites? Can you see the seriousness of this? We are not just lying to each other, but we are lying to God. Many times I've had people lie to my face, and it's horrible, it hurts. And I knew the truth, and I knew what they were telling me was lies. But were they getting away with the lies? No. The more they carried on lying, the weaker my relationship with them got. Now, our lies are not hidden from God. We can't stand here. We can't say, say things which Christians would say. We can't say we love God. We can't sing great songs. And, but the truth, what is the truth? Well, God knows the truth of our hearts. We cannot hide our lies from him. We can say that we love him. We can say that we will seek him and serve him. But with every false word, it is a sin against God. And we can, the Bible teaches us that God detests false words and false praise and false worship. He hates them. God detests false words and praise and worship. Singing hymns and songs. And praying, they may send shivers down our back. It may even stir up deep emotions in us, within you. But it all means nothing if we're not worshiping in the spirit and in truth. See, we ought to fear him, fear God, who has the right to destroy false, false worshipers. Fear him 
whom you, you lied to, not just in words, but in deeds too. So what is the worst sin here? Is it false words or disobedience? We read here that the first son, he was commended for his obedience. So were the tax collectors and the prostitutes who heard God's words and they repented and believed. Jesus is saying here, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. There are people out there, even in Town Hill, there are people out there who have never stepped foot in a church, they have never stolen, well, they had stolen, they had lived immoral lives, and at first they had rejected God's words. There are such people out there who will be entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of many of you in here. Because many of these people, perhaps they, later they would change their minds. They would turn to God and obey Him. Whereas many churchgoers, including you, you hear God's words weekly and you still choose your own way. Here Jesus is talking to the chief priests and the elders of the people. They knew the Bible. They could quote verses. They prayed in the temple courts, reciting songs and psalms. They used to pray with their hands up to the air, everyone to see what they were doing. And yet here Jesus is likening them to the second son, the disobedient child. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, you stand here with wise words, you rule the people as judges, and you lift your hands when you pray. But these tax collectors and these prostitutes which you despise, which you keep away from, are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. I ask you again, what do you think? Where is your obedience to God? These are some of God's commands to us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Repent and believe in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Sir, serve the Lord with gladness. Of those are only a few. And have you noticed that in all of these commands, an active response is required? The response is not just in words. We are not just to say, I love you, Lord. We are not just to say, I will seek you, Lord. We are not just to say that I trust you, Lord, and that I will serve you, Lord. It goes beyond that. There is a, an active response. There is an action that needs to be taken. How do I actively obey God in his command to love him? Just saying I love you, that's not it. It is actively denying myself for his glory's sake. It is God first, putting him first. My life revolves around Jesus. Not Jesus revolving around the things I want to do. It is where God is Lord. My life is no longer my own. I've been bought at a price. 
How do we actively obey God's command to love him? Well, we are prepared to face ridicule and hatred of people just because we preach the gospel of Jesus. Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, how do we know that Jesus loved us? Did Jesus go around saying, I love you? I love you to everyone? No, he willingly bore our sins and suffered on the cross. Did Jesus love his father? Yes, how do we know he loved his father in heaven? Was it because he kept saying, I love you, father? No, he actively showed his love. How did he show his love to his father? He obeyed his father. He left his glory in heaven. He took the form of man. He became a servant. And he was obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Do you see here, there's an active response to obedience. Now what do you think? Which of the two sons best describes you? The second son showed a direct rebellion against the father. Now, every time God speaks, whether in a sermon or in a Bible reading or in a song or even in the children's story, every time God speaks and we do not actively respond, we are in direct rebellion against God. And it's against God and no other. The Bible tells us to fear God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In history, if you look in history, what has happened to people who rebelled against God? God rightly judged them. They were punished. They were destroyed as a people. Their enemies overcame them. They lost homes and wives and families. They were oppressed in gruesome and heinous ways. I thank the Lord that up until now, He has dealt with all of us mercifully. You know, mercy is when God does not give us what we deserve. We are here breathing with families and a home to go to. But at any moment when God rightfully removes his hand of mercy from us and deals with us as we deserve, who here will have anything to stand on? You can hold on to your chairs or hold on to each other, but all the powers of hell will engulf you. John the Baptist we're told here, he came to show and to preach to them the way of righteousness. But the priests and the elders, they did not repent and believe in him. Jesus came to show the way, the truth, and the life. So that whoever believes in him would not perish, would not be condemned to hell, but would have eternal life. Now on the cross, Jesus took upon himself all the punishment, all the oppression, all the power of hell against him. So now in Jesus, 
We can't have a rock to stand on. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is saying, the sinless Jesus was made sin. He became a curse in our place. So that in him, lying hypocrites and disobedient rebels like us would be counted as righteous before God. The first son said no to his father. But while he still could, he changed his mind and obeyed his father. Now, while we still can, before our lives are demanded from us, repent and turn to God. If you have been saying yes, superficially, but not truly obeyed God, well, now that you still can, turn to Him. Or if you have been saying no, while you still can, Turn to him now. Repent and turn to Jesus. What does repentant mean? Repentance mean? It means actively turning to him, seeking him, wanting to do his will. It is looking at his word and seeing what God has commanded us and actively living them out. Repentance is saying no to the Idols we are attracted to, the things that, put, that we put before God. It's actively saying no to immoral lives, to laziness. It's actively saying no to anything that hinders our communion with God. So we are to repent and believe. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, that's what they did. And Jesus said that they would be entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of the religious people. As I said earlier, there are people out there who will repent and believe. Perhaps they will be entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. So now is the time. As the Lord is merciful, change your mind now and obey him. So again I ask, what do you think? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God loves us. He cares for us. He sent his son. But you will only stand, be able to stand before him, if you have turned to the Lord Jesus Christ.